Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Now, in 
several clinical trials. It has all kinds of beneficial effects on your body, from lowering your cortisol levels to lowering your resting heart rate to improving your blood pressure to making you 11% more happier. And, uh, yeah, we measure these things in psychology, measure your drops in depression and anxiety as well as much happier you get. So you'll find for free the audio, download of audio for eco-meditation. You will find studies on it. You will find certified practitioners of EFT tapping because we have over a thousand certified practitioners who've been through our rigorous program who've been certified by us in clinical EFT and can guide you through whatever it is that you're struggling with as you work on the challenges of your life. So all of that is available at DawsonGift.com. You'll also get a copy of my free EFT mini-manual, which contains the instructions for how to do clinical EFT effectively yourself. So the mini-manual is there, as well as eco-meditation. That's all at DawsonGift.com. It's my name, Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, DawsonGift.com. And I want you to grab those free resources and use. The crucial thing is to apply these gifts in your life. Meditate each day. Tap when you're stressed. And that way, you start to move the needle and shift every area of your life in a positive direction. My guest today is Joanna Turner. Joanna is a former great person, now gone healer. She's a former chartered accountant, and now she works as a mentor to female entrepreneurs, as well as helping them break through their blocks to money and visibility. She has to be a bridge between the spiritual and business world. She combines her business knowledge, gave spending 17 years in corporate finance with large companies, as well as her years of personal development and spiritual practice. Her website is missionforbalance.com. Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And congratulations on your book. That sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It's, it's fun to write. So, did you have any kind of epiphany or little experience that made you make that break from corporate finance to spiritual development? <laughs> it has been a journey, but there have been a few pivotal moments. I basically, you know, I believe that the universe speaks to us through lots of signs, and I basically ignored all of them, all of my my health signs, hating my job, and I just didn't have enough of a. So I didn't know how to change. I think that was the biggest problem. So I didn't know what to do next. And so I kept on doing the path, working harder, achieving more, working way too much, and just ignoring my own health in the process. Eventually, I, I decided to do at least something with my weekends, and I became a volunteer surf lifesaver in Australia. And I loved that. I got so much fulfillment from it. I didn't realize how much I'd been missing in my business. I could get more fulfillment from my my fun thing I did at the weekend that I had my entire corporate career. One of the, the moments came, though, when I got trained as in the rescue boat. I would go out and, and help and, and do rescues and things with rescue boats. And one day we just had really, really heavy surf at our beach, big, big waves, and we made an agreement that we wouldn't go out in the boat because it's really dangerous. But there was somebody in trouble, and we jumped in the boat, and off we went. And on one of the... the it came down really hard over one of the waves and I really cracked my lower back and ended up with a compression injury and couldn't get out of bed the next morning. And that moment, even though at the time it seemed like the worst thing in the world and I was in a lot of pain, it actually led to the, the turning point in my life because I physically couldn't work anymore. I couldn't sit for any period of time and 
I, I took more and more time off work and that eventually gave me the fight space for the first time in my life to not just be running on busy constantly, you know, at 100 miles an hour. And that space led me to, to start to study and come into this beautiful entrepreneurial world that I didn't even really know existed, to be honest, before that. So even though it seemed like a terrible thing, it, it was definitely a turning point for me. Interesting how you use that oh, moment of crisis as the catalyst for, for growth, but it must have seemed hard for you as well to be unable to work as much as you used to work before, unable to sit for a long time, have the physical mobility you had before. It could have seemed like bad thing to you as well, and yet you were able to turn it into a good thing. At the time, I didn't have the same clarity and growth as I do now. And at the time, I got a little depressed, I gained weight, I wasn't exercising, and I really not a happy person. And through that, now I can see, looking back, I have the clarity that it was a great thing. And it's just what's happened, one of the things that's happened within me is that now I look at any time anything is happening in my life now, I, I see everything as interesting. I now know I manifest and create everything in my life. So I definitely look at things with much more positive viewpoints and things like that. If we did, for instance, happen now, I'd be much faster to look for the learning and my hand in it than I ever would have in the past. So it's definitely still a wise That kind of cognitive frame fully is interesting rather than good or bad, rather than judging it. And that really opens up space to change. And that's pretty hard to do. People, when they're stuck in injury, when they're stuck in disability, when they're stuck with any kind of a problem in a key life area, whether it's love or money or career or spirituality, especially if their health is, is, is challenging in some way, it's very easy to see it as a problem. And then you try to solve the problem, you're trying to deal with it, whatever, whatever level you are, it's a nuisance, you want the pain to go away, you want the disability to go away, and it's, it's really hard to shift into that conscious state that you mentioned earlier of seeing was interesting. And yet the paradox is that until we do step back to that level and become the witness, we often don't have the perspective that allows change to happen. How do you, when it was clients, for example, and they're coming to you and they're just really focused on whatever problem they brought to you, how do you encourage them to step back and move into that same kind of interesting perspective? Yeah, great question. I think now that when I see my clients, after I've worked with them for a while, and they come to me and they're like, oh, I can see that I created this, or I can, they're starting to, to see it for themselves and, and view different things from a different perspective. That's everything, because it's really coming, allowing them to claim back their power and not be a victim in the situation. I think there's so many people feel like they're, such, they're, they're very much a victim to their circumstances. It really is about empowering people to know that they have the control to change things and they have that power within themselves. But really it comes with either hitting rock bottom or the willingness enough to change, being fed up enough of your own story even, that, that you really are ready to change. And so it's, it's definitely a process with them. It's a re-education, and it's, it's definitely a post. One of my last clients, I, I won't call my, one of my favorite clients, is very, just off the phone with her, and she's very A-type, very, very intelligent woman, and she came to me, and she's like, look, I've done every freaking course on the planet, but I'm not seeing results in my business, and it's not, you know, I know everything. She's like, there's just this missing piece, and for her, it's all been a shift in the energy and starting to do the inner work that's completely transformed her life and her business and everything else, but 
she had got to that point of being really ready to do something about it and being open to the woo-woo and the energy work, even though she was incredibly skeptical at the beginning. So I think there's definitely an openness and a, a readiness before anything. I, I, used to, I think that's the main, it has to come from that place, the starting point of being ready over anything. Yeah, being ready and willing to see things differently, shift and try a different approach. And it often does take a crisis to motivate us to do that. I'm just curious, you, you had that literally shattering experience where you hurt your back badly. Uh, were there other smaller signs that appeared along the way that you were ignoring? For me, one of the, the biggest challenges in my life has been my weight. And if I look back on that as well with, with, from a different perspective, I can also see that it was trying to call me in a different direction. But I also see it as a blessing now because I don't think if I hadn't had that issue that was enough in my face, that it was enough for me to want to do something about it, even from an egotistical perspective or you know, from a, from a more selfish standpoint, I don't believe I would have questioned anything. Like, perhaps if my also if my job had been any more less painful, again, I might not have questioned it enough. And so I feel like some of those things have, have sort of pointed me in the right direction. And there's lots of little things. Like, I remember one of the first things I got into was The Secret when it came out back in, I think it was 2007, and I started sending it to everybody I knew and telling everybody that we could change our reality. And I was really, really excited by that. But again, I just didn't know what it would look like. And I used to write lists and lists and lists of potential businesses and things I could do. But again, I just felt very stuck in, I was very pigeonholed. I was a chartered accountant. I specialized in insurance. And I just didn't know how to get out. Plus, you know, making a great salary, it can be a very safe place to stay. And so even though there were multiple signs and things happening, I just wasn't ready. And it definitely, it, it comes to a point where it's like, like, you can't ignore it anymore. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Thailand as well in 2010, and, and it started my, my wake-up process, I think. Again, on that journey to sort my weight out, opening up all these other doors for me. So it's definitely been a beautiful gateway for that. I think also as we learn to listen to those signals that we become sensitive to the fact that the universe is trying to connect with us, communicate with us, we don't need those huge big shattering events so much. We are tuned to smaller indications that we need to change or shift. Absolutely. I love like the synchronicities. I feel like when I when all the synchronicities happen, I know I'm in flow. I meet the right person, and they know that person, and they mention the next person's name. And um, I love, like, every all of my new coaches or a new healer or the next book I'm supposed to read. Everything just comes to me now. I don't really go seeking it anymore, which is really quite beautiful, and I, I very trust the process. It's taken a little while to sort of live in that place of surrender, but I think it's the most beautiful state because you stop having to fight everything and you, you don't have to control everything. And it, it, just, it feels so much lighter and easier than it ever has done before. But I know it's a very difficult for people to step into that place of flow because you need to have an incredible trust in source, the universe, God, whatever your version of that is, to really lean back into it and let it support you in a sense. Is, it's probably the easiest thing to say, but the hardest thing to do, I think, in, in reality. Yeah, yeah, and we're often so used to making things happen ourselves, and we're goal-driven, and we're 
decisions to be motivated and move our lives along the track of what our desires and just sitting back and being in the flow is seems like such a foreign exercise to take. I remember the book called Surrender Experiments, which I really enjoyed and shared with a bunch of my friends, and the whole idea of surrendering all the way through your life and just letting it moving with the flow, flowing with the stream whenever possible. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And also I think there are times when we just need to overcome, especially some part of our character that is holding us back. So I really like that idea of being in the flow. And I know in my own life, sometimes there's been those moments when I just have to really focus and and push through, and uh, that takes me to a new plateau. And I find it's actually quite hard to know when to do A and when to do, do B. Do you ever find those times you have to, like, discipline yourself or really just push yourself in a certain direction still? Um, absolutely. Like, there's still some things that I don't necessarily want to do in that moment. And I think there's a real – it can almost be a problem, actually, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's – they feel there are some resistance and they decide that it's not in their purpose or it's not part of the flow. If anything's difficult, then they decide that it, it's not the way. And one of another beautiful books, The Art of War, is really about sometimes when there is resistance, that's the exact thing you need to go at and, and move through because, you know, everything, everything that's worthwhile having is on the other side of your comfort zone. So I think there's definitely a sense of having to push yourself and, and really to one of the things about flow to get into the flow state, the optimal place to be is by pushing your comfort zone by 4%. Um, so you're, you're challenged enough. There is an element of challenge. There's also an element of having to surrender into it as well. But it really, I, I hate when people use it as an excuse for not for not doing it or feeling like they'll use fear and, and call it their intuition and as a reason for not doing something and not stepping into their greatness, in a sense, and almost yeah. like using spirituality or their intuition as an excuse for not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I, I think there's, there's definitely a more of a conversation that needs to be had about understanding your intuition versus your fear and not using one as an excuse. So you mentioned comfort zones. It's very easy to get stuck in a range of behaviors that we are used to, and then once we are acting in that range, thinking in that range, manifesting in that range, then that is a place that we're accustomed to, that feels comfortable to us, and it's quite hard to break out of. But the act of challenging those set points and moving beyond that comfort zone, either going above it or below it or sideways or in some way shifting our way of functioning is it's quite a challenge, and so I think many people just get into that place, and then you, either as a coach or as a therapist, trying to motivate them to to move beyond it. Even when they're suffering, for example, with EFT, we see people who are have pain, come to our, our, our practitioners with physical pain, and their pain goes from, say, a 9 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10, and then they never make a second appointment, never see the practitioner again, because if, four, if it's 5 or 7, then they'll be motivated to go and make a change. But when it's back down to a four or a three, then they're they're okay. And they never then move down to one, two or zero. So it's interesting to see that that phenomenon of people when they're when they're in an acute situation of an acute crisis and having a real problem, they'll be motivated to change. And then when the challenge is just back within that comfort zone that they've set up, then they will not take any further action. So it's been really interesting to work with I know our practitioner 
partnership, I'm going to move, I'm going to change. It's really hard, too, when the family member or someone you love or a spouse or a child and they're stuck in the comfort zone and they just are functioning in that range of, of emotions or physical functioning and you know that they could be doing so much better or suffering so much less and it's their comfort zone, they're there and they're not motivated to change and that can also be a really big dilemma. It can be so challenging. I think what I find myself saying often to people is I cannot want this more for you than you do. And, you know, as, as a coach, you cannot teach, you know, desire, like you can't help them with the desire. If they don't want it enough, it's very difficult to motivate anyone to want something, like to, if they're not really, they don't want it enough. So I can, and I've fallen into that trap before and it just becomes incredibly, incredibly frustrating as, as a practitioner or coach to, to, to see the change for them more than they are ready to step into for or even want it for themselves. But I just wanted to add actually, it was, I have so much to thank EFT for because it was the very first one, when I first went to um, my class to, to get certified in it, the very, very first exercise we did was um, to help with physical pain. And the practitioner at the time, I think it was to prove to us that it really did have a really profound quick effect So because the rest of it is a little more esoteric sometimes. And it was in those first few moments of that class um, that my back pain finally disappeared. And I was just blown away and absolutely convinced and hooked. And, and when you can see that parallel for yourself so directly, so quickly, your, your whole paradigm just shifts and changes. You know, I'd seen every chiropractor off of the path. And, and even though you, you know, you can see all of these people for the, the physical part of it, that the emotional part of that injury still hadn't healed. So I'm absolutely the biggest, the biggest fan of EFT and, and how it, it finally helped me get over that last piece of my back injury. Yeah, it is dramatic to see what happens to people in pain when they address the emotional aspect and the physical aspect of tapping. We'll back off for a break. My guest today is Joanna Turner. You can find out more about her at her website, missionforbalance.com. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church, and for more on the show, go to my website, DawsonGift.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hi, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and I'm so grateful that you have taken the step for your own health, your own happiness, your own well-being of joining us today. For more on the show, also to download the free EFT mini-manual, as well as the MP3 and instructions for eating meditation, go to my website, DawsonGift.com. That's just my name, Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, GIFT, G-I-F-T.com, DawsonGift.com for all of those goodies. Also, I will be starting a 21-day EFT tapping immersion program tomorrow. <laughs> so if you go to DawsonGift.com today, you will also get information about that. Actually, there's also a quick link to that. And a quick link for the 21-day immersion starting tomorrow is check it out today. Check it out dot today. Check it out dot today is the quick link to the 21-day EFT immersion program 
will be doing a seven meditation with tapping every day on one of those five key life areas. And the five key life areas are money, love, health, career, and spirituality. So each day for the next 21 days, I'll send you a seven-minute meditation. You'll tap along, meditate along with me on issues on in one of those five life areas and hopefully see real shifts in your life. So I'd love to invite you to join me for the 21-day Tapping Immersion Challenge. And again, you can find that out at checkitout.today. I have been having a really interesting conversation about change, set points, the limits of change, listening to our intuition with Joanna Turner. And her website is missionforbalance.com. Just looking at the kinds of areas you help people with, Joanna, I was reflecting on some of the the, the client experiences you've had and the areas you help people in, and two of those that struck me were money and visibility. I know we talked during the break about how visibility is really, really a big issue sometimes for women especially, how to get over that fear of being visible. What do you do for somebody with that kind of dilemma? I think just to start off, the, one of the biggest things for me to realize in, in all of my work that I do and for all of my clients is that everything we do, and it's one of the I also NLP, one of the NLP presuppositions or assumptions that underpins it all is that every behavior has a highest positive intention. So everything we do and everything we have in our life is driven by a benefit that we get from it. So if we are not being visible and hiding, we get a benefit. If we're not making the money we desire, there's a benefit, right? And most people would get on the phone and be like, don't have that crazy, you know, if I had, you know, a million dollars tomorrow, my life would be incredible, I'd pay off all my debt, I'd buy a new car, I would, you know, get the new house, and it would just be amazing. And I'm like, are there any consequences to that? No, there would be no consequences, like, it would only be amazing. And the same thing with, with visibility, you know, I, I often, I just, I said that a mastermind just a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was there, I was speaking and, and, and doing a workshop with the people in the mastermind, and I asked this lady, I said, what's your, what's happening, what, why aren't you being visible, what do you, what do you think you should be doing? And she's like, oh, I should be on Facebook all the time, and I said, well, what might happen if you went on Facebook? And we went down two different tracks. One was that she might actually have to Somebody might inquire about her services, and then I said, and then what might happen? And she said, well, they might might actually want to work with me, or I might actually have to have a sales conversation, and then I might actually have to talk about money during the sales conversation, and then I might actually have to work with them, which sounds crazy and true, and then then what if I don't get results? What if they don't like me? What if they ask for a refund? What if they tell everyone I'm terrible? What if I actually find out I'm not as good as as this? as I thought I was, and what if I'm actually, it turns out, I'm actually not good enough to do this. And so the, the mentally have gone down this crazy rabbit hole without even having known that that's what their subconscious is doing in the background, is really protecting them from any of those consequences of having to do those things that they're either a little bit afraid of or uncomfortable doing, and ultimately finding out that maybe they're not good enough. And that not good enough you know, is, is usually triggered and obviously, you know, regulators will, will know that it, it comes usually before you're, you're sitting as a, a cold trigger then. But the 
one the, the same lady and I said well, let's have a, another look at it and I said why else might you not post and she said well what if people commented on it and they didn't agree with what I have to say and I said again and then what might happen so simple you get to the bottom of almost anything with that with that one question and she said well they might they might disagree with me and I said and then what and then she said they might abandon me and I just stopped and what would that mean and she just burst into tears and one of her core issues as a child was abandonment and it was being triggered by her having to think about posting on Facebook and often we you know we beat ourselves up so much for not doing the things that we know we're supposed to do but in reality it, we're just trying to protect ourselves and so if we can have a little bit more compassion for the things that we're not doing, we can start to unravel why we're not doing them with a little bit more compassion. Yes, absolutely. The problem on the surface is rarely the problem that is underneath. We'll have more about this when we come back after a break. And if you'd like to know more about Joanna and her work, go to her website, missionforbalance.com. For more on the show, also to start the 21-day tapping immersion program with me, you can go to my website, checkitout.day. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after a break. Welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and we were talking before the break about becoming visible, about the challenges of being visible, and about what the drawbacks might be of being seen for who you are. Often those issues are in childhood, they're not in adulthood. And for more on Joanna's work, you can go to missionforbalance.com. I was also encouraging you to join my 21-day tapping immersion program which starts tomorrow. And what we're doing is each day for 21 days, we're tapping immersively in the five life areas. We're tapping for love, for money, for health, for relationships, and for spirituality. Each day we take one of those themes and tap for seven minutes and dissolve all the blocks in our consciousness to manifesting our good. So these are a combination of neurofeedback, hypnosis, and EFT tapping but they're really powerful, and you might think, what can I possibly do in seven minutes? Well, you'll discover you can do a lot of shifting in seven minutes, especially if you're in there for the 21 days of the immersion program. So to join us, it's all free. Go to checkitout.today. Checkitout.today is the website where you can register for the 21-day immersion program. So I'd encourage you to go and immerse yourself in both tapping meditation by going to checkitout.day and signing up there for that 21-day process. Joanna, another area you work with people is on money blocks. What do you find out some of the common blocks around money? Um, there's so many. There's a lot of judgment around money and around, around what it means if you have money. So a lot of the common ones are, you know, you'll often hear people are like, oh, people that have money are greedy or... Um, money is evil and, and all of those kind of things is true but quite often I'm always saying it's never about the money it's very very rarely about the money it's usually about what that would mean and the effect on usually the loved ones around us so I had one client for instance and she came and said 
in, in a bit of a panic, and she's like, I need 20 grand by next week. And that's not unusual, you know, people, I help people make a lot of money. But she was she was in quite a panic and, and quite distressed about it almost. So I was like, okay, let's calm down, take a deep breath. And we started talking about what it would mean, and I obviously I'm always checking if people are in alignment with, with what they're trying to sell, with the prices, and, and, and even, so everything has to be definitely in alignment. But with this girl, you know, again, asking her a series of questions about what it would mean and what she'd actually have to do to make that happen, one of the things she believed she'd have to do was to speak her truth, to, to become visible, to speak her truth. And she was really concerned about her, what her family would think because her truth was really quite controversial. And, and she believed to make the money, she was going to have to potentially alienate her family through speaking her truth. And she just didn't want to do that. So I find almost all blocks come back down to um, worrying about what will it mean? Will my friends still like me if I have a whole bunch of money? Will my family accept me, if, especially if they have negative views about people with money? Often, quite often see if it's a female, I, I coach mainly, mainly women, to, to make a lot of money in online businesses and they do worry that they'll outshine their partners or their husbands and, and they don't want to sort of emasculate them and then what that might mean within their relationship. I've, I've seen already made a, a lot of beliefs around having to give the money away or that it's going to be really hard work to make the money, especially if you see parents working really, really hard in your childhood. And so you put those two together and if you believe you have to work really hard to make money and that if you make a lot of money, you have to give it away, what is the point of make, of working really hard if you just have to give it away? So people, again, there's always the benefit in not making money. You get to stay safe. There's a lot of fear around the responsibility around money, what it would mean, the responsibility behind looking after it, having to pay tax. A really big, people also don't often want the responsibility of more clients. That's enough. I see all the time, like, oh, that feels so heavy. They think making more money, they, they have more responsibility for their clients, which, which really isn't true. The client's still all responsible for themselves. But um, there, there are so many different ways it can show up. I've seen one lady really didn't want to bring on new clients because she was worried she'd start not, not being able to go to her yoga class. <laughs> all, sorts of, all sorts of weird, wonderful reasons and excuses and beliefs come up around money and around what's going on. I always tell people that it really isn't about the money. I have a client, just a new lady I'm starting to work with just this week actually, and she's almost at a million dollars. And she was like, she phoned me because she's like, I don't want to sabotage myself. I don't want to, you know, not hit this number because it's a number. She's like, I know it's just a number. It's no big deal. And and so obviously she's starting to work with me so she doesn't sabotage getting to a million dollars. Because even Tony Robbins, he was at a million dollars for I think seven years or something and got totally locked at that upper limit because he didn't believe he could earn any more than that. And when he realized this was his own mental behavior and patterning, he, he obviously corrected it and he's now turning over five or six billion a year, I think, combined in his different businesses. But this upper limit can also be a really big problem because we see we put so much meaning behind what it would to have a seven-figure business or make all that money. But for her, I said, look, are you happy? Is you know, how how's how's your marriage going? How's how are your relationships? Are you seeing your friends? Are you you know, and she's just so stressed and have making a lot of money but she's not having much of a good time and, and I said, Look, I'm I, I'm excited I can definitely help you get you know, get there without sabotaging. But what is the point? <laughs> I was like, you know, 
we want you to be happy, fulfilled, and all we actually think that money is going to do is give us those things. And so whether she reaches the goal or not, which um, of course she will, but I'm much more interested in have her be happy, contented, and fulfilled, whether she makes half a million or a million dollars. It's definitely about how we feel in the process, and there's no point in running yourself into the ground to make a million dollars if you're going to be burnt out for crisps afterwards. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, right, but you then can't enjoy yeah. it. And then you end right. up having to take two months out and, and not be able to help your clients who business tank. Yeah, and, right? It's not a point, right? Like, you've got to... And I had another client on the phone today, and she... Actually, Joanna, you need to go to break right now. Hold that thought. Oh, we'll right we'll in right, a moment. Sorry. And Joanna's website is com. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after a break. Make them, 
or you know going all in for a year, having no weekends off, working late, and then needing you know six months off to just recover and and recalibrate. So yeah, I think it's you know we we get it's so easy to get caught up in burnout, and you know I was we were just laughing in the break about one of my clients who would kill me for for telling this story, but we were talking. She's like, okay, so you know financially everything's going great, everything's happening. I said, how's how's you know how's the rest of things going on? And you're you know how's the family? You know how's everything? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not like shouting, and I was like, what? I was like, I was like, come on, this is not. I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, okay, I was like, what is the, the future version of you know the you that's making six figures a month next year to she shower? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, can we please at least have your you know personal hygiene in line, you know, in alignment with your future self? And I said, we promise to do at least you know shower every day. And she's like. Well, maybe five days, and I was like, "You're not showing five days." you. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, please, for the you know, the love of God, just have a shower. Like, do you feel better? She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Right." And it's a part of your daily routine, right? You, you, please, please, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So, yeah, like, this, it, there's no point in her reaching again, reaching her monthly goal if she's not freaking showering daily. Like, it. Yeah, it should probably kill me for for mentioning that, but it's just yeah. So it's, I think you know we've got to keep everything in perspective, and and really, Dawson, I believe it's about the journey, right? As a, as entrepreneurs and as goal driven people, it, it, once you get to that next one, there's going to be another one and another one and another one, and if we can't get happy now, enjoy the journey, even when it's even when we're in the struggle, I really I don't see the point. I don't think enough people in the entrepreneurial space are having enough. Fun. I don't, you know, everyone's taking it so freaking seriously, and I think it's actually a major problem. I get people coming to me and they're tying themselves up in pretzels, you know, trying to do everything and be everything, and everyone's so stressed by everything, and it's just a really big problem. And you know, people are taking these big leaps and they want to start businesses, and you know, they take the first few steps, and then, um, yeah, they get just so caught up in the whole thing and comparing themselves to everybody else. That's another big another big problem as well and it I think I think it's really important that we know that it's not all Instagram perfect or, you know, the perfect glossy version either. You know, we're real people behind the scenes, we're real people having problems and issues and if if other people are having them it's you know, it's perfectly okay to you know, to be experiencing that um and not feel like a failure is terrible if things aren't working out perfectly because it's really it's never, it's never like that behind the scenes anyway. So yeah. it's, it's definitely rolling with the punches a bit and and enjoying the journey and being happier today. And that's the whole secret to all of this, right? Like everyone's just trying to be. We think everything's going to give us this happiness, but it's the biggest, the biggest myth I think in the whole world that we think we'll get anything from meeting these goals. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a shame actually we get so caught in it. But. Yeah. When I meet that goal, I'll be happy. When I have that person, I have that dollar figure. When I have that weight, when I have whatever it is, I'll be happy. So I love about ESP because with ESP, we get away from that by using the first statement, which is even though I have this problem, mm. I love and accept myself. We practice loving and accepting ourselves just the way we are. And the great science said to therapist of the 20th century, Paul Rogers said that the, the paradox of growth is that growth begins when we accept ourselves exactly the way we are. And so many people mm. are in that 
start chasing their tails and saying, well, I will be happy once I get that position, once I move to that place, once I have the love of my life, once I... And so we're always deferring happiness so some other condition is met rather than sustaining it now. And it's powerful to, to say, you know, wherever I am, right, right where I am, I'm just going to claim my happiness right in my current life circumstances. Yeah. And, and the irony is it all comes so much faster when you do that. <laughs> Right? Yeah. The physical manifestation of it comes so much faster. Actually, one of the, the, the things I felt the biggest, biggest shift recently is if I drop into, like, the state of incredible gratitude to the point where I'm, like, the tears are running down my face, I see the biggest shift in my reality happening. Been what a beautiful note to end on, that tears of gratitude run down your face and that you see shifts in your reality. So I'm so grateful you, but also just sharing your wisdom, but also sharing your spirit with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Joanna's website again is missionforbalance.com. Please also join me for the 21-day Tapping Immersion Challenge, which starts tomorrow. And that website you can join at is just checkitout.day. Please come back again next week for another episode of High Energy Health. Till then, I'm your host, Dawson Church. 